Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about relationships and intimacy. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Dr. April Brown. Dr. April is a licensed mental health Christian counselor, intimacy expert, co-host of the podcast, Bringing Intimacy Back, and the author of Improving Intimacy, which is available on Amazon. You can reach Dr. April at her website, draprilbrown.com, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Dr. April. I'm so glad that you could join with me today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Linda. Thank you for having me on your podcast. I am looking forward to this conversation because I'm expecting something different than most people think of when they hear the word intimacy. Because we're not just talking about sex. You help people using intimacy in all different kinds of relationships, whether it's a romantic relationship or a family relationship or a platonic relationship. And so I thought, I think I need a new definition of intimacy. So will you please explain to me what you mean when you use the word intimacy? So what I mean about when I would use the word intimacy is intimacy. you see. It is a connection. It is connection with yourself, which is, you know, you cannot divorce yourself. You're going to be with yourself for the rest of your life. So it's so important. Also, the connection with your inner spirit or higher power or whatever people call it. Um, I call it inner spirit and higher power because that's really important. And that connection with others. So it's that deep connection. And when your body, mind, spirit, and soul is all connected and that you are completely in the present moment, that's when true intimacy can happen. And that means so many different things. I mean, If we could really be in harmony and in tune with ourselves, that would affect every other relationship that we have, right? Right, right. And then, um, but it's, it's hard. I'm thinking it's so, even when you're in a relationship, whether it's, it's a a romantic partner, whether it's your, your family members, whether it's something, we can be in a group of people and feel totally and completely alone. Like we are not connected to any of the other people that are around. And I've talked to my son, he's in, he's in his twenties and he said, you know, when I'm looking for someone, I want to feel like I'm not alone. I want to feel like we are. And I guess the word would be connected where it's, you know, you're not, you're not just talking and trying to be polite, but you actually feel a connection. Right. And that's what so many of us are struggling with, Um, especially in these past few years where we've been isolated. Very much. Very much, yes. So we are wanting to get back out there and connect. And sometimes you're right. You can be in a room or you can even be with your partner and you feel totally disconnected, Um, whether it is because of a situation or sometimes it's because of ourselves, because our mind goes somewhere else. We get anxious, we get fearful, we get depressed, and we leave our body. We leave our body. Disconnected. Wow. So by leave our body, that means like my physically I'm here, but my mind is over there doing something completely different. Is that what we're talking about? Yes, yes, yes. Because when you're, uh, I'm a mental health counselor, okay? So when you're anxious, many times you're worried so much about the future. You know what I'm saying? What if this happened? What if this happens? Or I can't wait to get to there. And we're not in the present moment. Or if there's been trauma, we're in the, in the past. And then same thing with depression. Many times we're in the past or we're up in our heads saying things to ourselves that we shouldn't be. And we've left our body. We miss 
the present moment. And the present moment is the only thing that we can control in psychologically, spiritually, medically. I mean, all the um, sciences want us to be in the present moment. Wow. You know? I've never thought of it that way. All of the sciences want us in the present moment. So is that one of the keys to intimacy, to feeling that connection is to right. be in the present moment? Present moment. Yes. Yeah. And so even when we talk about um, sexual connection with your partner, mm -hmm. is actually being there with your partner, seeing your partner for who they are at that moment. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not thinking about what they did last, last, you know, last night or two years ago or, or you know, worrying um, about what you've got going on tomorrow. Let's just, right. let's just be here right now at this moment. Right. Okay. That is very important. So are there, are, we're talking about intimacy. Are there different, like different types of intimacy so that we can, oh, you know, keep things yes. a little clear? Cause you know, that word typically we use for, for one type of intimacy. Right. And so as we're using this word, I think it would help get some clarification. Say, okay, this is what I mean when I'm in this relationship. And this is what I mean right. in this so relationship. Right. So there's different types of intimacy. Yes, please. Of course, there is the self-intimacy, which is being connected with yourself fully. Okay. There is the spiritual intimacy, being connected with your higher power. But there's also all these different forms of intimacy, communication intimacy, using your words to truly communicate effectively, you know, with a gift of how um, you communicate to your partner, your needs and your wants and your partner communicates back and then meeting each other emotionally, you know, that emotional connection of feeling safe, secure, love. Then there's uh, all these other forms of intimacies, of activities intimacy. You guys going and doing, you know, playing in the pool together, having sharing activity or service intimacy. You and your partner or you and your teenager going and giving back, doing a soup kitchen together, you know, doing a variety of different things. Aesthetic intimacy. Yeah, you and your friend or your partner or your mom, even just going to watch the beautiful we have in here in Florida beaches or mountains and sharing that experience. So it's like two people sharing an activity together, you know, where there's a creative intimacy, doing paints and um, drama. So there's all these different forms of how you can be intimately together. Wow, that's just such a different version of, of what that means. And I'm still trying to wrap my head around, okay, this is what we're talking about. My word, I guess that my go-to word would be feeling in the present moment, feeling connected. And yes. I'm, in my mind, I'm thinking of, of what a, a common scenario is where you have two people maybe in the same room, but they're both on their electronic devices, their phone or their laptop or their whatever. And they're physically in the same room, but completely and totally doing different things. And so the idea, it seems like, is to create this actual connection where we are in the present and we are caring about the other person who is with us at that moment. And we're not even just talking about people that are with us. You're talking about that connection with nature. When you're right. walking along a beautiful beach and you're feeling that, I don't know, the sand under your feet and maybe the water is kind of lapping at your toes and the sunshine is on your skin. Exactly. And just enjoying that 
moment. Right, exactly. Because some people, how can I put it? They don't enjoy the present moment. And what you're talking about also that it's in with intimacy is what we call mindfulness. Oh, that's probably the word I was looking yes, for. Yes, yeah, that's the okay. word you're looking for. Mindfulness means being in the present moment without judgment. Without being in the judgment. present without judgment. And I guess, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't judge other people, which is, you know, true not to judge other people, but also not to judge yourself. Hmm. Yeah, which is hard because some people are doing stuff and they're like, oh my gosh, am I doing this perfectly? Am I doing this correct? You know? Yeah. And they're saying having this dialogue in their head instead of actually enjoying the meal, tasting the meal, smooth or smelling the person or hearing the waves. You know, when right. you do, when you're mindful, you're using all five senses. So. For those people who struggle being in the present moment, there is that technique of using your five senses to bring you back. If your mind goes somewhere else, find five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste, and bring yourself back to the present moment. Ooh, I liked that. Would you mind repeating it? So we've got a five, four, three, four, three. two, one. Yeah, so find five things you can see in your atmosphere. Okay. Yeah, four First things I'm seeing, you can touch. Then I'm touching. Okay. Yes. Three things you can hear. Okay, now I'm hearing. Yeah, seeing. two things you can smell and one thing you can taste. And one thing I can taste. Okay. Yes. Yes. So if I'm at the beach, what am I tasting? Am I tasting the, the salty air? The salt air? on the water, yes, yes. If you're with your partner, yeah, what do you do? You find five things in their body that, that you can see, four things you can touch. Yeah, same thing if you're with your kids, um, you know, coloring on a coloring book. You know, instead of you thinking, oh, my gosh, you got to pay the bills, I got to, you know, clean the refrigerator out. Bring yourself to the present moment. Enjoy that time with your kid. Because in reality, it's really about quality. About quality Not so much, time. Yeah. Right. Bringing quality back in the time. And you know, people are, are so busy and running from place to place. Um, I, sometimes it's hard to, to create that quality time. So I like that, that five, four, three, two, one. And then that doesn't take a lot of time to, to bring yourself back to the present moment. Right. Right. Because, um, you know, you were talking about your, your son and but people who have kids who are always so busy. Yeah. Doing 50 million things. And we think about multitasking. But what is that really teaching our children? I, I don't know. I think people do it and have no idea what kind of effect it has on somebody else. Right. I, I think it, it brings a feeling of, of busyness, a feeling of right. stress, a feeling of uh, there's not enough time in the day. I, I think it, I think it doesn't do happy things. I know that was a big deal for a while. And now the research is showing actually we're not as effective as we thought we were doing the multitasking because our brain really can't be doing two things. It just goes back and forth like a little ping pong ball. Right. As fast and you're wasting as it can. more energy. Right. Right. And we're more overwhelmed and exhausted than ever before. Yeah. So it didn't, it didn't give us the extra time that we, no, that we didn't. hoped it would. So 
that's another thing we have to unlearn a little bit and say, okay, so now let's do one thing at a time and, and be efficient at it. And I think being present in the moment is going to help with, with being there. Right. So and you help, do you help people who deal with trauma? I'm, I'm thinking in my mind of someone who specifically makes sure that she's so busy because she doesn't want to be in the moment because she doesn't want any of those uh, traumatic memories to come back. And so right. it's, it's a form of, of distraction. I must be distracted because I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with it. So, right. are there so some I see that a lot that? in the emotional intimacy aspect. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The people do not want to um, feel what's going on in their life. They want to block it out. You right. know, I just don't want to feel about, you know, the recent death or divorce or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But it's only through truly feeling that you heal. I agree with you. And that is true. But it takes, I think, some courage because, um, you know, we don't like to do hard things if right. we don't think we have to. And so right. I think it's helpful to help remind people that it's better on the other side. Things can right. be better, that it's right. worth it, you know? Right. Right. And it does also, I want to also be honest, it does take that you have to feel safe. Uh-huh. So what can we but, do to help feel more safe? Right. If you don't feel safe and you're dealing with trauma, um, you're not, you're going to put it off. And in some cases you may have to, because you have to survive. Right. That's why our bra brains block stuff in the first place or, you know, distract ourselves. Right. Right. Which is then why some people's like, everything is going fine. And all of a sudden I got all this of emotion because your body realizes, okay, it's safe now. Let's deal with this stuff that happened in the past, you know? And sometimes through that, you really do need to sit down and talk with a professional because what happens is you're working or you're doing something and you get a trigger. Mm -hmm. Trigger could be a smell, a color, anything that reminds you of your past or the trauma because we have an unconscious mind that is humongous. And we have a conscious mind that's small. And then what people do not understand is that also the body keeps score. Your <laughs> body remembers everything it is, has happened to it. Uh, and I'm assuming that you have also read The Body Keeps the Score by Dr. Bessel yes. van der Kolk, which yes. I love. I appreciate yes. so much that he has helped make these truths become more yes. mainstream. That right. it's not our, our psychosomatic where people used to think, oh, that just means it's all in your hand. There's nothing really no. wrong with you, dear. And now it's, no, actually, <laughs> there is a connection between our mind and our body, our emotions, our experiences, our traumas, and it is stored inside. So it doesn't just magically go away with time. It actually right. has to be dealt with. So what kinds of things do you do, you do to help people get it out of their, not only their mind, but their body? Right. So I teach people how to slow it down because even in um, intimacy and even in sexual intimacy, sometimes someone has touched something and all of a sudden your body's frozen and your mind goes somewhere else. Mm. And then of course it's the disconnect and that's happened over time. And then a couple just goes like this, mm -hmm. you know, why are you rejecting me? I didn't mean to reject you. I just don't know. I just don't like it. So helping people slow it down, let's figure out what's going on. Let's try to focus on being present. 
what's blocking you from being present and through therapy, through services, um, teaching you different techniques is what I help people or couples work through in order to be more connected. And I imagine these kind of issues are, are even more pronounced if someone has been a victim of a sexual trauma in their youth. Right. right definitely. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Or any kind of trauma in the body. Um, yes. Or in the mind. I mean, the mind is one thing also, you know, and many of us are trying to always be so perfect. You know, I'm so af- afraid to fail. I'm so afraid to fail. And when we're going to this communication intimacy, when we feel like we're criticized by our partner, then we try to go into this perfect mode. You know, uh, I got to get better. I got to do this. got to make sure I say this. I got to make sure. Then we're coaching ourselves and we're naturally present. And that also disconnects. Wow. And these things are so big. Are there other tools besides the 54321 to help be able to, because the, the tendency, when you don't feel safe, you feel like you're being criticized and, and weighed, measured, and judged for everything that you do. It's hard to function. Right. And we often even do that to ourselves. I, right. I am weighing and measuring and saying that I'm not good enough to myself all the time. So how do you right. get those voices to shut up? So my main thing that I want anybody to remember that I say is never to say anything negative about yourself, ever. The thoughts, yeah, you got to learn how to talk to yourself like you would um, if you have a child or someone that you love. That's the way you have to talk to yourself. But then you say like, oh, Dr. April, I make mistakes. So I make mistakes too, all the time. But what I say to myself is I'm a work in progress. When I know better, I do better. I do not live in guilt. I do not put, yeah, because you're going to be with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And people will treat you the way you treat yourself. So if you put everybody first, and leave yourself last, and then like wondering why you feel overwhelmed, or, you know, and sometimes people say, well, it's the um, Christian thing to do, or it's the religious thing to do. But really, in all of the um, religions or all the faiths, it says love others as yourself. As you love yourself. Yeah. So there's, you know, the great commandment, love God, love others as you love yourself. As there's, yourself. There's an implied, be, not, yeah. implied third commandment out of those, you know, the great two. It's love right, right. yourself. People think they put, they're supposed to put other people before them. You know, yeah, and I think as women, we struggle with this the most. You know what I'm saying? I got to give, give everything to my kids and give everything. And then you save nothing for yourself. Right. And then you kick yourself in the end of the day. And that's not good. No, it's terrible. And yeah. you know, there's the saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. And exactly. it's used because it's true. When there's nothing to give, we don't give very well. But when we're right. in a good place, what we give is better. And we got to stop talking about our bodies, too. We have to love our bodies. You know what I'm saying? Stop criticizing, you know, yourself and how you look. And then expect your body to work for you or even lose weight when you (laughs) say all these hurtful things to it. Right. And you know, that negative self-talk is so easy to do. And it becomes a habit and a cycle where you can just ruminate over those things all the time. 
Typically, when we're trying to be quiet, those are the kinds of things that jump into our head. And that's actually why some people don't want to slow down. They don't want anything quiet because then they hear themselves saying all these mean things to themselves. So if you have distractions, you don't get to hear those. I talked to a friend and he, he put it in such a beautiful way. He said, I have chosen to be the kind of person who is kind to myself. And then whenever that rumination kind of starts and, oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm garbage. Oh, I'm, no, no, no. I am the kind of person who is kind to myself. And he found that an easier way to do it than to try to go from negative self-talk to, man, I am awesome. Right. I love my body. I'm so smart. Right. I've skilled. I've, I've got all the thing. You know, I am all that. Yes. And, and he's like, the voices inside are going, liar, liar, liar. Right. So to be able to say, well, actually, let's just be kind. Let's start with kindness. I know how to be kind to other people. I I know what kindness looks like. Maybe I haven't been in the habit of being kind to myself, but I know what it looks like. So that's, I think, a a good starting place. Right. Another technique is that um, this here is a container. And sometimes we're afraid to let that container out or to open that container. So if you start to have thoughts, journal it down. Even if it's the most hateful thing, journal it, tear it up, and throw it in the trash. You don't have to keep it. Journal it. Do not keep it stuck in there. Because you start off with, you know, uh, I think I'm big, and then go on this long thing. But if you were to write it out, and yeah, just let your hand go, it does let it out. It does decrease it. Versus keeping it here, because keeping it here in the self-contained, it loops, and it loops, and it loops, and it gets bigger, bigger, bigger. Write it out. Don't even have to read it. Tear it up. Throw it away. Write it up. Tear it up. Throw it away. I have done that technique a lot, and I testify that it works. It helps. I love that kind of visual image where this is a closed container, and if you don't let it out, it is just going to run around. And around, and right. around. Or the worst that it comes out when we talk to other people and we verbally vomit and attack them. That's the another. I mean, that's not the. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So that, you know, I, I guess the frustration, the anger, the whatever, right. all of those things come out right. and then we're unkind to somebody else. So getting it out. And then I love the next step is to tear it up and throw it away. And I think that sends kind of a a subconscious message back to our head saying, yes, this is what I'm feeling. I am validating that this is the way that I feel. And that's not true. Actually, those thoughts are garbage. So let's put them where they belong. They don't belong in my head. They belong in the garbage can. So let's chuck them. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Excellent. I really appreciate that because the things that we're talking about are a lot easier to say than to do. We're saying, okay, we'd like you to transform your life so that you can be calm, uh, quiet, slow, peaceful, and be able to be in the present so that you can make those beautiful connections with people and the world around you. And in your brain, you're thinking, but I'm so busy and my head is so full and there's all these things going on. So to be able to say, okay, let's talk about how to go from where you are to where you'd like to be and to have those simple steps of something specific. I can do this. If my, if my negative thoughts are driving me crazy, 
I can write it down and tear it up and throw away. If I'm having a hard time being present, I can do that five, four, three, two, one and pull myself back. That gives me some tools. And I think having tools is empowering. Don't you? Right. I think so. And if you mess up, remember you're a work in progress. Ah. When you know better, you do better. When you know better, you, you do, do better. better. You're a work in progress. Yes. Right. I am a work in progress. And I feel, um, I feel better about that now than I did mm-hmm. in the past where right. I thought, you know, I'm not perfect. I like to now use an analogy of, of a tree, say um, olive trees. They're kind of crazy because <laughs> they actually grow for 50 years before they start producing fruit. So wow. if your mind, if you're thinking, well, does that mean the tree was a failure for 50 years because it wasn't producing right. any fruit? Right. And then all of a sudden it became a success. And I think, no, actually all of that growth for all of that time was exactly. necessary in order for it to be able to produce fruit. We're not a failure and then a success. We right. are that work in progress, that progress. growing, beautiful thing that, that can do great things. Right. Even if we're not exactly where we would like to be right now. <laughs> and then who are we competing against? Ooh, good question. Right, right, right. We each have a specific or different journey, you know? So, yeah, so stop looking at, oh, my gosh, this person's done this or, you know, and it's hard. I mean, I know as we get older, we have a, sometimes a better understanding and are okay not competing. But it's sometimes really hard when you're in your 30s. Yeah. Yes. And I'm thinking, you know, teenagers and, and, and when teenagers, you're trying to get yes. started. And when we compare, I guess my, my go-to for comparison is social media right. where, where people put out their, their very best and we compare our blooper reel with their <laughs> highlight reel, what they're, you yes. know, this is the part of me that I want to show. And right. so we think, well, I'm not that awesome. And I didn't go on that many trips and my hair doesn't look like that. And w- right. whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. Did you know that if you spend, um, the more time you spend on social media, the more anxious and depressed you get? Did you realize that because of exactly what you just said? I've seen a lot of research that supports that. And it's not just a correlation. It's right. a causation, which exactly. is not, uh, we can say this. Oh yeah. People who do this also have this. And it doesn't necessarily connect. Like, for example, you can say, Oh, when ice cream sales go up, drownings go up. Right. And it's not because they're connected. It's because ice cream sales tend to go up in the summertime and people tend to go right. swimming in the summertime. There's a, a, a correlation, but not a causation. One doesn't cause the other. But with social media time and anxiety and depression, there is actually a causation. causation. Right. Which is right. sad. Right. So I think it's super healthy to limit the amount of time we spend on social media. Right. Right. Because sometimes... And well, in reality, it takes you away from the present moment. Oh, that's so awesome. true. Yeah, yeah. When you're at dinner and you're going through social media and you're not talking to the people at dinner or you're laying in bed with your husband and you're going through TikTok or whatever the case may be, yeah, you. sometimes it takes you away. So, yeah. But I'm not saying technology is bad because technology no. is great. I love it. That's how you and I are connecting today. Yes, yes, yeah. But it's important that you're in the present moment. I agree. Wow, that's beautiful. Well, Dr. April, this has been a pleasure. Is there anything else you want to make sure that we cover before we close today? 
Um, I just want to talk a little bit, um, besides me, like you mentioned about writing books as an improving intimacy book, I also provide intimacy opportunities through retreats oh, called yes. vacation counseling. Yes. Oh, yes. Thank yes. you. Yes. I was going to bring that up and then we got talking on other things and I That's forgot. Okay. Would you mind explaining about that a little bit? Yes. So I bring couples or individuals, whether to Southwest Florida, Costa Rica or Jamaica, and we focus on all the forms of intimacy, the communication, the, the beauty, the aesthetic, the play intimacy. Yes, and we help people truly learn how to connect with themselves, with their higher power, and with their partner. That's my goal. Isn't that wonderful? I think in order to really get it, you have to experience it. Because here we are, we're trying to talk about things and to explain things, but it's not quite the same as experiencing something. So that's very helpful. So how lovely that you've created an opportunity for people to experience what it should be like and what it could be like. And then you can decide, oh, that is so worth it. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, exactly. Right. That's awesome. Well, Dr. April, thank you so much for visiting with me today. Oh, thank you for having me on this show. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Janine Roth. She said, intimacy is not just something that happens between two people. It is a way of being alive at every moment. We are choosing either to reveal ourselves or to protect ourselves, to tell the truth or to hide, to dive into life or to avoid it. Intimacy is making the choice to be connected to rather than isolated from our deepest truth at that moment. Today, I invite you to choose intimacy as a way of being. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.